0: The following does not represent tax, legal or financial advice, and does not claim a guarantee of results, as every situation is unique. It also may include the tasteful use of blue-collar language that some people might find offensive. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Anthony Crane from MoneyGodfather.com and this is your Money Godfather podcast where I guide you to find clarity in defining what you want and why. I help you to build a roadmap on how to get it and I show you that you can have a great time while doing it because for you to be rich, you must first be free. This damnable culture we grow up with in Western societies where we're taught from an early age to work hard That's the name of the game. The harder you work, the more successful you'll be and the more the people will love you. And especially among your peers, the one that works the hardest gets promoted. So to add insult to injury, everything is a competition. This hard at work culture is great for the company. It means huge proficiency. And huge proficiency means huge profits. Everyone from the top down gets pushed and they squeeze out every last bit of energy they can out of you for the benefit of the company. And when you burn out, not if, but when you burn out, the general consensus is, Oh well, you just couldn't cut it, or you lacked grit. Uh, you lacked a drive. You didn't care enough about us, your second family. So next, right? Let's pull out another application from the pile. All the blame is placed on you. The disposable and replaceable employee. So not cool. So not cool. There are a few main things wrong with this. Well, there's a lot of morally wrong things with this, depending on where your moral compass is pointing to. But mainly, it's the mentality and the work culture. The hardest working employee is the most valuable. And everything must be done now. Not five minutes from now, not tomorrow, but now. And this crap starts very early in our lives, since we're little kids. In fact, it starts before you are even born. It starts with your parents and with your parents' parents. They grew up thinking the same thing. So, all right, so the chips are stacked up against us, right? Right? Are you fired up? Does this upset you? I won't judge you. I mean, if it doesn't, then maybe you work for a great company and you love working there. If you are one of those few people that loves their job, then you are the exception and should feel very fortunate to have that privilege and opportunity. I'm not being sarcastic, but you should still have a plan B. And here is why. Circumstances change, and many times, they're unpredictable and out of our control. I don't agree with much that financial planners recommend. Like, I don't like the idea of waiting until I'm 65 to start to enjoy my retirement, and I don't have much faith in trading stocks. I think the stock market moves a little bit too fast and is too emotional, is too high-octane for my taste. I like to invest in physical assets that I can see and I can hold in my hand. Uh, So I stick to buying real estate and precious metals. But that's a conversation for another time. One thing I do agree with, and most financially savvy people I know agree with this too, is that you should always have at least six to eight months worth of monthly expenses and liquid assets. In other words, a checkings or a savings account that you can access freely and at a moment's notice. How much is that? I don't know. That's up to you to figure out. But if you need help, go to moneygodfather.com, and I have resources there that can help you with that. Or consult with a certified financial planner. They'll be able to help you too. Too many things around us can change and uproot our entire lives. Too many to list here. After all, I did say unpredictable, right? If we could predict them, then they'd just be called predictable. But anyways, here's a cautionary tale. You don't have to slack off as an employee to get let go. Basically, just a sugar-coated way to say you're fired. There, there could always be a change in company policy or maybe some new hotshot in HR thinks it's a good idea to fire the highest paid employees to increase profit margins. A few years ago, This happened in a retail company. I won't mention names for reasons that are not important, but know that this is a very well-known, well-established company. It was actually founded in the early 1900s. So they know a thing or two about business. So they got a new CEO Young hotshot, starry-eyed, bushy-tailed, hungry for success, straight out of business university, where I imagine he learned the latest, greatest, most modern ways to manage a company of this size. So he was very qualified for the job. Notice I said was. Yeah, spoiler alert. He was gently and gingerly let go. He got fired. But why? Why, right? That's the question. And what were the consequences? Well, if you know anything about me, I love trifectas. I have a passion for taking complicated concepts and reducing them to three core elements that directly influence each other. There is a synergy to these elements. They synchronize together. So, in this case, each business must have these three elements. When you start your business, or if you already have one, you can see this clear as day. And you can see this everywhere. The three elements, or areas, or specializations, if you may, are quality, price, and customer experience. You must be the best at one of these. You might even be great at two of these. But no company or person on the planet can be the best at all three. Because when you increase one focus, the other ones suffer. We all only have 100% to give. It's a fallacy when people say, I will give you 110% I guarantee you 120%, might as well just tell me I guarantee a a billion, kabillion percent because it's not a real number. If you can push yourself to 110%, then that is your new 100%. So with that said, this is all for one simple reason. Everything costs money and like it or not, a company's survival hinges on whether or not it makes a profit. So what did this CEO do that made him leave the company within a year? What he did is he gambled with a decision. As time goes on, you will hear me repeat this from time and time again. Two of the principles that I follow and base all of my decisions are, I never leave anything to chance, and when making deals... If it's not a win-win scenario, I just don't do the deal. He broke the first principle. And the second one broke naturally. It had to deal with the fallout. Marketing and advertising are art forms. I say that because you're only limited by your imagination. And just don't break any laws, of course, but be creative. One of my many tours, while on active duty in the Navy, was as a headhunter. Well, okay, recruiting duty. Ah, I can almost hear a part of you cringe, but stay with me, okay? One thing I used to do was I would stick business cards in random boxes of cereal, amongst other things. But that's just to give you an idea of what I mean by being creative. Now, let's squash this right now, okay? Many times I've heard that recruiters are all liars, that they'll do anything and say anything to get a contract and get you to sign up. Well, I'm here to tell you that's not true. And if we get a chance, I will stand tall, look you in the eye, and tell you I never once told a lie, and I'll tell you why. Firstly, there are systems in place that make it super easy to report a recruiter for lying and what they lied about. I know this because I saw it happen a few times. Big trouble, but never at my station. Secondly, and most importantly, and I'll leave aside my personal principles about lying and that lying is a sin and it's exhausting and my belief that every lie takes a little piece of your soul, etc., etc. okay? Most importantly, you must believe in your product. And if you do, the product sells itself. This is not something you can fake. If you try to, people are smart. They will see right through you and your fake smile. Think about how used car salesmen are. The most aggressive and overworked and underpaid salespeople I know. So you must believe in your product, and you must be able to sell it with positivity alone, with its features and its benefits, and if anyone ever has to resort to bashing their competition in order to make a sale, that's a clear sign of a terrible or undertrained salesman maybe a burnt-out salesman, and probably one willing to lie and cheat and cut corners just to turn a profit. Don't ever let this be you. If you don't believe in your product and can only stick to positive affirmations about your product, walk away or change the product. This is because it's a slippery slope. Plus, there are thousands of of easy and fast ways to make money right and without compromising your moral integrity. I'm telling you right now, by the time I'm done showing them to you, you're going to wonder why some people mug and steal at all. Well, I can tell you in one word. Greed. Don't ever get greedy. There's plenty of money to go around, so leave some for others. Remember, win-win scenario or don't do the deal. Back to the story. One of the company's tried and true methods of marketing and advertising was through the cunning use of coupons. Or coupons. 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 Depending on where you're from. People love coupons. They get them in the mail and suddenly feel compelled to buy something they don't need. Or even thought about buying before. Just because it's too good of a deal to pass up. Even though a lot of us know for a fact that the price you end up paying is probably the right and fair value for the item in question. With some rare exceptions, of course, like in the case of companies getting rid of inventory to make room for new merchandise. That's the only exception I can think of right now. But still, we still fall for it from time to time, and it's because it's a dopamine rush. It feels good to think that you got a deal nobody else has because you were at the right place at the right time. Why do you think Black Friday is the biggest sales event of the year across the board, bar none? Well, now it's no longer Black Friday. It's like Black Friday week or I don't know. But it used to just be Friday. And it's called Black Friday because it was a last ditch effort of companies to go from the red into the black and turn a profit before the end of the year. So we all love to save money. We love that dopamine rush. Some people are even addicted to it ever heard of shopaholics? Yeah, that's what that is. Even if we know in the back of our minds that it's all an illusion and that prices are inflated a lot just to be discounted later, when I see two for one or 40% off or going out of business, we can't help but to feel excitement That will find a treasure or the perfect gift. This is consumerism. And I'll go into it some other time. The strategy works. As you probably guessed by now, what our CEO did was get rid of coupons completely and reduce the prices of all the merchandise to their true value. Yeah. So the strategy was... The lowest prices ever. The price you see is the price you pay every day. So you don't even have to wait for the weekend or for Black Friday. Well, the company wasn't doing so well before. And this was their last ditch attempt at a Hail Mary to lift the company out of the red. And what ended up happening was that they saw the worst quarter in sales performance they have ever seen do you see now how this was a gamble he allowed chance to be a factor he skipped a few steps before making the decision which is market research and testing don't judge him though don't don't be too quick to judge remember how at the beginning i said forces out of your control well keep this in mind he probably Two had enormous pressure placed on him and no time to accomplish a, a basically impossible task. So he did the best he could with the resources he had and made a mistake. A bad call. The consequences of which were felt all throughout the company. So what do you think happened next? The company had to absorb those tremendous losses somehow. They had to downsize. So they cut back personnel, and they started from the bottom up. Hours were cut. Benefits were cut. Retirement programs were cut. A lot of people lost their jobs, and for no fault of their own. So if you don't have an emergency fund of at least six to eight months of monthly expenses. Find a way to get it started right now. Start funding it ASAP. Remember, even having that nest egg will at the very least give you a choice. A choice of you going to work every day if you want to. And the moment you don't, it's beautiful to have a choice. Now, the answer to the question is awareness the question is why are you telling me this story this is so depressing well my entire focus is for you to be free and financial freedom is a huge part of it and i don't want you to count on your job to ensure your future no matter what they say but count on yourself And I don't want you to wait until you're faced with a similar situation, like this story, for you to get started. We have 100% of ourselves to give, so make sure you're giving most of that to the most important person on the planet. You. You got this, and I'm willing to help. So you are already on the right path. I invite you to share this message with someone you care about. And if I've earned it, please rate the episode and leave me a comment so other people can see it, including myself. Every episode is an important piece to get you closer to freedom. And by the way, money does grow on trees. I'll be showing you what they look like. I got to go and take my my dog for a walk because she's whining. But we'll talk again soon. Take care.